you are tuning into Frida's World Podcast, a platform where women of color can have open, honest, and candid discussions about their experiences being professional women both in and out of the workplace. This is your host, Rita Pierre, CEO and founder of Frida Women NYC, a fashion brand that sets out to motivate and instill confidence through the use of professional accessories. So today, I am here with Barbara Delalu. Hello, Risa. <laughs> oh my god. Roxy Digital, <laughs> aka Beautiful Stranger, aka what else? <laughs> I know I have too many names. I swear I'm stopping at Roxy for life. Are we sure? <laughs> I mean, I like. Yeah, I let like me go ask my boss. Let me, let me ask my boss. But it, it's totally crazy being on the other side of the mic and not interviewing someone. So please excuse my awkwardness <laughs> as I'm like, oh, somebody else is asking the questions. But I'm so proud to be here. Thank you for making me Frida Woman of the Week. Of course, of course. Very honored. Um, I love working alongside you as this has been maybe the second or third time me. Yeah. Coming into contact with projects with you. So excited. Very excited. So before we go into more talks about you, obviously, and how we how we met, because we went to the same college. Shout out to St. John's University. Yes. Johnny's. <laughs> yeah. And I think did we did we hmm, was it Haitian, Haitian society? society? It had to have been. Because you yeah, you were, I think, were you a year or two older than me in in school? Yes, I'm class 05. Yeah, I'm six, oh six. Right, yeah. Right. So, so about I, a year. The e-board, all that stuff. The all Haitian about, society. Yes. Mm-hmm. What was your position again? I don't remember. I was, Secretary, historian. Yes. I was all over the place. I mean, yeah. Because I'm like, I remember when I started, I was helping out the, I guess, the communications team. And then somehow I think I became the communications person. And then I became the secretary. And then I think I just transitioned out. That's that's <laughs> how it starts. Yeah. <laughs> you start off helping. Yep. <laughs> just helping. And then they give you a whole baby. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good times. So we're going to talk about the Frida woman of this week, um, which is not, you know, one of our local or one of my friends. Usually like it's usually somebody that I actually know, which is great because I know amazing people. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to kind of switch it up a little bit and kind of like, you know, highlight some other like local heroes, I would like to call them. Um, I don't know if you know anything about this particular woman. Her name is Majora Carter. (gasps) I do. Do you? Me and her received uh, a citation from the from Carrie Solages. What? Uh, uh, Nassau legislature. You, we all know yes. Carrie Solages, the Haitian community. He does so much for uh, Nassau County, Elmont area, um, that district. And we both received a citation from him in the year, I believe it was spring 2000, either 13 or 14, if I'm mistaken. So I came into contact with her, listened across. Uh. Uh, and uh, I forget the last person because my memory doesn't go back past a year. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she is dope. Yeah, I, um, I didn't know we got much to tell our her. stories on the stage. So um, that's how I learned more about her, her telling her story. They gave us uh, um, a, a good allotted uh, amount of time on stage to talk to a group of young women. It was like, um, an auditorium of probably 150 or more young ladies. Mm-hmm. It was for the Girls Pride Project, which I'm a mentor for, or okay. I was a mentor for in the past. And I got to be in the room with like extraordinary people. Like, look at Lucinda Cross today. She mm-hmm. was on She Boss. Uh, she's, I believe she's the boss. I may be saying it wrong, <laughs> but um, a show um, with a, a fellow Johnny who's a judge, Vanessa Simmons. Um, and yeah. That's so funny. I didn't know who you were going to say. Yeah, I wasn't, well, I but. wasn't so sure either, but I was like, you know what? Like, I want to kind of mix it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to kind of learn about somebody new too, yep. you know, that's doing great things. So I'm just going to read only a little bit about her, but the rest mm-hmm. of the information you guys will all find on our website and oh on gosh. our feature. Mm-hmm. I have a picture here. Not that anybody else could see it but me and you, but... <laughs> But basically, um, this is an amazing, amazing woman, and she's from New York City. And it's great to highlight people who live in New York City, doing great things for New York City. 
Well, Majora Carter, she received a MacArthur Genius Grant for creating green-collar job training and placement in urban areas. She also had the vision to see the Bronx River near her blighted Hunts Point neighborhood in New York City as a resource to revitalize her community and create green jobs. Her work was instrumental in the opening of the Hunts Point Riverside Park in 2007, the area's first waterfront park in 60 years. Today, she heads in... Um, Eponymous consulting firm focused on urban revitalization and green collar jobs. And I think this is really important because now I see the Bronx is really developing, especially around the waterfront. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and I'm that's assuming why we've moved on. That <laughs> <laughs> she had a lot to do with that because mm-hmm. when I first started hearing about, you know, a lot of people now moving toward the Bronx and building along like the waterside, you know, I was hearing things like, oh, the Bronx is going to now be too expensive to live because the waterfront, you know, the waterfront are being um, developed and businesses are coming to the Bronx. And for us, you know, for, for me living in Brooklyn, I'm like, who's going to the Bronx? You know, oh, I said that too, to but Bronx? I can't say that anymore. Yeah. Never say never. That is true. That is true. Well, especially with all these great things happening there. Um, but it's really great to see, you know, people who are actually involved in their community mm-hmm. giving back in such a way like this, like being so, I guess, intricate into the development now, really, of what's going to be the new Bronx. They're going right. to change the name at some point, right? That's what they oh, do. so, bro. <laughs> That's yeah. what they Ho, do. Bro. Hobo. I, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be something. But um, but no, I was when I came across her, I was like, this is interesting. You know, I'm, I'm not an environmentalist and nor did I major in anything like that. Right. But I've always kind of like been fascinated with people hmm. who actually work in that field. And you don't find too many women of color. At, at I mean, all. at all. Actually, I don't know any women of color that work in that particular field. So I always find it to be inspiring because now, you know, the new generation, the next generation can look exactly. to see, like, I can be just like her. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to just be a lawyer. Or I don't have right. to just be a businesswoman. But I can, you know, be somebody who's working Options. in the environmental. Exactly. So um, we definitely salute Majora Carter and we definitely want to learn more about her. I'm hoping I can get an opportunity to one day meet her. She is amazing. Her smile is amazing. Her presence, her stage presence was amazing. Her story. So I was glad that year to be in the mix. I think I'll make that a throwback Thursday for tomorrow. Now that you uh, mentioned her, I'm going to put that up. (laughs) I'm going to put that up tomorrow. Well, speaking of social media love, I I scrolled through my phone like on my way here and I was like, wait, what? WCW. I have never been anyone's WCW. Really? Nobody's made me their WCW. I'm telling you. Girl, you probably missed a hashtag. Stop <laughs> I don't it. Know. I'm so serious. Never, never you in do my life. this, this, that, and never the third, and never. Li- I like I really felt like when I was walking, I'm like, I felt so like warm because oh. nobody's ever made me their WCW. Well, people were happy. They were like, I love her. There was claps. <laughs> I saw the the black clap hands. The black clap hands. I was like, oh. Aretha got a fan base. She don't even know me. You're feeling warm now. I'm feeling warm. Feel warm in my comment section, boo, because you are popular. I'm about to go in there and scroll. I didn't even know, but I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I really, I really did feel the the love though, because I've never, you know, I see the hashtag all the time, but you know, never associated with me. So I was, I was really happy. It made me feel, made me feel special. Yes, girl. And I picked the best headshot. (laughs) Whoever did your recent headshots? Yes, yes, my well with the hair slay. Yeah, girl. I'm telling you, you have to make sure you can't be photographing looking. You know, I know what I mean? That's why. <laughs> you have to cancel the photography. That's why session. now there's no photos. That's why we're behind the mic but now. But I like this natural yeah, look, natural though. It goes with you until Saturday when I get it slayed. Yeah. Well, yep. Yeah. Boom. That yeah. That's, that, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it is funny because in the last episode we kind of talked about this little hair situation that we all go through as mm-hmm. well too, but. But yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, who who did my headshots actually? Court Court Mitchell. Court, Court Mitchell. Yeah, he actually does. He's working a lot of like celebrities actually, mm-hmm. but he's a friend of a friend, and mm-hmm. you know he he was amazing to work with. Aww. I definitely want to like try to work with him again. But yeah, no, he's a really really so shout out to Court Mitchell. 
Right. He did a great job. Yeah. I was just like, I was actually surprised because I never had headshots before either. You know, most people. Ever? Girl. No. You know, it's like you think It's your first for a lot of things. My, I'm surprised. Yeah, seriously. Like, you know, with the inv- invention of the cell phone, you know, people no, kind of right. like use their, you They're know. They're trying to fade out photographers. Yeah. Cool. They are. <laughs> He's like, what? With the filters too. Like, you, right, I mean, right, Snapchat. Right. Like, right. I mean, I recently kind of got on the Snapchat. I don't snap. Mm-hmm. But I use the camera. And let me tell you, it's like a professional camera. It, is. it really is. It is. So, but but seeing the headshots though, I see why photographers are still necessary. Exactly. Because like it's just the cleanliness, the crispness um of the picture. I'm right. like, no iPhone can actually do right. that, to be honest. Right. So No, you're right. Yeah. So I wanted to talk, um, well, interview you, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk with you, yes, but actually interview you and ask you all the questions I wanted to ask mm-hmm. all these years <laughs> about your career. Because I know we started, you know, we started at St. John's. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were friends there. But for some reason, like, I knew you were in communications. But I don't think I, I ever grasped this whole, like, Roxy did. I remember, actually, mm-hmm. when we when I graduated, and I think I saw you on, like, Facebook, I'm like, who is this beautiful stranger? Oh, like, who I is know. this person? I know. I just started using the name and was like, it'll just catch on. Um, funny enough, it's just the meaning of my first name. Um, so that's how I got my first radio name. Ah. I was like, let me just look up what my name means in the dictionary or some something something creative. And I found it, and I stuck to it for nine years. Until I went from Long Island to New York City and my boss said, you know, it's time for a change. Mm. I don't like Barbara because it's it's too regular. It's basic. It's, you know, you're a fun personality um, on a fun new, brand new radio station mm-hmm. in New York. So he called me Roxy out of nowhere. I um, There was like no real explanation. He just said, I looked at you and I saw Roxy. So when you, you do that crossover... And now here comes 2014 and you're all of a sudden Roxy and you have to rebrand yourself. That was like, not a shocker, but I asked uh, my friends or my listeners or my, I don't like to say fans, but Mm -hmm. you know how they thought about the name. They're like, oh, it'll get some getting used to. How are you going to spell it? And it was just such a debate for two, three weeks. And four years later, I'm like, yeah, I'm Roxy. Nobody... (laughs) Nobody has even phased back to Beautiful Stranger or Lynn or all the other stuff yeah, and I aliases. Yeah, remember Lynn. That's Lynn right. Lynn came from Lynn St. Was John's. St. John's. Yeah. Because everybody was like, she looks like Lynn Whitfield from A Thin Line Between Love and Hate. So I thought for sure I was going to stick with that. And I was going to go with that for the rest of my life because I even gave my boss a suggestion. I was like, people call me Lynn. And they're like, he's like, who's Lynn? I explained the history, the film, the actress. He was like, no. <laughs> it was like in doubt like there was no doubt in his head I was Roxy so and I like yeah I, mean, I like it's, it's interesting I remember Lynn I'm like that's right mm-hmm. they did used to call her Lynn mm-hmm. that's right. all, all the names. time to the point where my parents used to call me Lynn <laughs> and I was like maybe I should legally change my name but yeah it has all come to pass and everything happens for a reason so I'm blessed with all the names that I've had and okay. I fit them into who I am like they all become me. I don't become them. Which is good. Which is good. <laughs> then yeah. I would have a multiple personality then problem. Then you'd be called something else. <laughs> then I'd be called a schizophrenic. You'd be called crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So I guess enlighten me a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. so when did you know that you wanted to be this radio personality? Like, when did that moment come? Um, I started St. John's in 2001. I was a freshman and I was a Spanish major. Mm. I wanted to be a high school Spanish teacher. Every time I tell this story, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> when I came into St. John's, 9-11 happened. Okay. So I was in my Spanish literature class in St. John's College, St. John's Hall. Mm-hmm. And uh, we saw the tower smoking. And from there, literally at 19, not a lot of 19-year-olds think like this. They're just like, whoa, I just want to go home, lock the door, whatever. I said, life is too short. I should do what I love. Mm -hmm. Not that I didn't. I love foreign languages. I always wanted to speak eight languages and travel the world Mm -hmm. and be a translator and or be in a classroom teaching different languages. However, my other deep internal passion was radio. 
because I listened to it nonstop. I was seven years old listening to BLS. Okay. Um, so that's where it came from. It was just, you know how somebody has a hobby and then they just take it seriously and mm -hmm. say, I'm going to take this hobby and turn it into something. That's what happened September 11, 2001 oh, to 19-year-old wow. Barbara. I, I went to... Um, our advisor office, which was uh, in the Tobin School across the street in Ben Hall, went to my advisor, Miss um, Derso. Mm -hmm. I still remember her name. That's insane. And I was like, I want to change my major. I don't want to do Spanish anymore. I want to do communication. She was like, are you sure? She was just like, you're not going to be one of those students that change their major like five times <laughs> until they're senior. I was like, no, this is it. Communications. She was like, what track? I was like, usually people did communications and business minor. I did communications and speech. Okay. Because I still wanted that language aspect. Mm -hmm. So I was a linguistics minor and still had that fun time where like, yeah, this is fun doing communications and broadcast journalism and doing radio internships. But I kind of want to have something under my belt just in case. Yeah. Maybe I'll go to grad school for speech pathology. Mm -hmm. Let me think about that. Too. It was also a way to appease my parents who were... And we get into this um, debate all the time, especially as Caribbeans, especially break it down even further as Haitians. Yes. Um, because when I did do that change for, for my mom teaching, which I have a lot of teachers in my family, mm -hmm. if not nurses, if not doctors, if not Army, Navy, whatever, military, um, teaching was at least safe. Mm -hmm. You know, you yeah. know what you're going to do. You work from uh, September to June or September to July, whatever the school um, procedures have changed and you get off you get off your summers and blah 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 and then she saw that whole twist and change she doesn't get what communications is it's so broad for her that she gets nervous and says I'm not spending tuition money for you to go and play on computers and, and that's it was exactly a, what I know she said a, too right <laughs> so you know it was a debate and debate and it, it didn't matter if I debated her from 2001 to 2005 I was doing it so I did that um, fall 2001 semester, and I never looked back. Um, funny enough, I never did an internship at a radio station while I was there. Never. Not hot, mm -hmm. not kiss, not whatever station was um, available at that time. I did corporate internships for radio sales and um, yeah, did you go to Cats Disney? Media. Disney yeah, I went to like Disney. Yeah. So I did a whole different track. So the way my life has developed in radio is not, and every radio personality will tell you this, there is never a traditional way to get into radio. I was as untraditional as every other personality you see that mm -hmm. gets on. Angie got on her way. Flex got on his way. Roxy got on her way. So me doing all these corporate things and getting all this extra, extra experience in sales and promotions in production in this, just to end up on two radio stations currently in New York City. I'm blessed because there's has been a million and one times and there's probably going to be a million and two, three, four, five that I wanted to give up. Like to the point where I almost left New York to do radio in a smaller market because mm -hmm. I was like, I'm a little fish. Nobody knows who I am. I can't, can't pop off. I don't know anybody in the building yet. Let me go to sm somewhere smaller and then make my way back into New mm -hmm. York, which is a thousand times harder to do. And I've been blessed. And he has been carrying me all the way through 13 years in radio now. And I've never left New York City. And that's amazing. Ever. Because I wanted to definitely like expand on that. Like being, you know, a female in this particular industry. Like I grew up listening to radio and there weren't that many. Right. I mean, I remember Miss Jones from Hot 97, you know, Wendy mm -hmm. Williams when she was there. But it, it's, it, it's not a lot. And so, and even like seeing their personalities and, you know, like somebody going through the ropes now might think that, ah, oh, that's, you know, I probably, it's going to be too hard for me, for me to be able to penetrate this particular field. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should not, you know, and do what you just said. Maybe go, if I do want to continue doing radio or this is my dream, let me go somewhere else and then, and then try and come back. But I guess I want, if you can remember, what was the first time you, you heard no? Or when was the first time you heard no? The first time the door was slammed in your face, like an opportunity. Well, for radio, it yeah. was a bunch of times I would mail-in stuff, my demo, air check, whatever you want to call it. I almost feel old using those words, <laughs> but, you know, I would send an audio resume of myself seeing how I um, sound. And I was young, so, of course, I didn't have major experience yet. I was just on a, a station in Long Island, which is huge for a mm -hmm. Long Island market. It was um, WBAB 102.3, a rock station. 
album-oriented rock, and then 106.1 BLI, which I was on then eight for eight years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who's going to pick this little girl from, you know, Long Island? old black girl from Long Island on a rock station and then on a top 40 station. But it's even hard getting on that. But I would get the rejection letters coming in at no, 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 no. And then I would take what I can that's within radio that may not be on air and say, at least if I'm in the building. Mm -hmm. And that's where the confidence came in. And, um, you know, on top of having mentors and talking to people and letting people know what I want to do, where I want to go, how I want to be, who I am, I had to keep that confidence of, I'll just get in the building. And as soon as somebody hears or sees what I'm about or hears my hears my story, I'm in. Because mm-hmm. that's half the battle, right? You get in, then you got to show how you are, yeah. your work, your work ethic. So um, while I was at that little station in Long Island, I held down three jobs. That's one thing about me. I've been working three jobs since I was 16. I am 34. I still work three jobs. I say four now because I'm a mother. Yes. <laughs> um, so uh, when I was at the stations in Long Island, I would travel not only back and forth from Long Island. At that point, I was living in Long Island with my parents. I would then go to the city where I got another job at WWRL, a huge heritage station that has been around, un- unfortunately not around now, uh, for 35 years. And I was the youngest one in that building working in. Uh, so over there, I was working rock and, and top 40. Then to come to WWRL and work at Progressive Talk political talk mm-hmm. where, you know, I got to learn the likes of Rush, uh, well, not Rush, but um, all the other big wig uh, talk show hosts, mm-hmm. um, Stephanie Miller and Al Sharpton. And and I was like, wow, I'm meeting these people that I hear about on the news. And then um, on top of that, then I worked with Dr. Laura, who was a, you know, critically acclaimed, syndicated uh, host out in California. So I worked in a New York office. So I'm juggling literally three, four jobs. But I'm happy why it's in radio. And I was like, I will pay my dues and hustle because that's the main phrase and and quote that I've heard my entire life in radio, pay your dues, pay your dues. Because um, radio is not, well, it has changed over the years. So I can't say this, but I am going to backtrack and say Mm -hmm. it's not an overnight, you know, fly by night um, celebrity kind of job. Like you can't just get on and blow up. Mm-hmm. However, it is a who you know job. So if you know somebody like a flex or somebody who holds you under their wing and brings you up, that is where luck meets opportunity meets. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wasn't my case. So um, I had to get to know these people. So little by little, radio station by radio station, I would meet people. I would shake hands of all these program directors from Maine to Texas to California to New York to North Dakota to West Virginia. And they all knew Barbara. That's it, Barbara. There was no Roxy yet. There was no beautiful stranger. And I made sure everywhere I went, and it's it's not a, a bragging thing. It's not um, a, hey, come see how good I look thing. It's, no, this is me, and you should know me. Just in case one day you're looking for a me, I'm right here. So that was my point on knocking on everybody's door until one of them opened. And I was blessed enough while I was at Dr. Laura, while I was at WWRL, while I was at the rock station and the top 40 station out in little old Long Island, West Babylon. I never wavered from what the goal was to work at my favorite radio station since I was seven, WBLS. And um, my luck came when I was going to all these conferences for Dr. Laura. I would go and sit and listen to boring, where's radio? Radio is here. How to market radio. How to get people to listen to radio more. Blah, blah, blah. Bullshit. They still can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I was there, I heard WBLS was getting a new program director. And I was like, wouldn't it be a great opportunity if I reached out to the new program director and said, congratulations, it wouldn't hurt. It's just an email. If he doesn't answer back, the best that I have done is introduce myself once again, um, as that has been the pattern of my life, always introducing myself and telling people who I am and saying, congrats, maybe I'll get lucky. I didn't know his email address, but I do know the standard in every media company is your first name, dot your last name at whatever company dot com. <laughs> Boom. It was his first name at his last name dot at whatever company dot com. And he answered me back. 
And I was like, I would just like to sit with you at lunch and just tell, tell you what I'm about. I currently work with Dr. Laura, with WWRL, with 106.1. And he said, sure. And his name is Skip Dillard. He is still the operations manager at 107.5 WBLS w, um, and WLIB, 1190 AM. And he hired me two weeks later off of a talk and an email that I guessed. Now so, that's a story. Yeah. <laughs> that is, I don't want this to come across as, damn, did she stalk this dude? It was no, the perseverance of, I always kept on that pedestal. This is WBLS and I work here and here and here and here, but I want to get right there. How am I going to get right there? I think that the, like the story in and of itself, like it's, mm-hmm. it, that's not just inspirational, but it's kind of like a guide, I think, to people who are mm-hmm. trying to navigate this particular field. Right. Because I think a lot of times we become discouraged when we have, you know, we we see where we want to go, but right. because of the way the obstacles are, and especially, you know, in media, anything entertainment is just, there's just so many. You got to you know, make moving. your lane now. Yeah. Now you got to make your lane. It's 2017. You could make your lane before in 2004 and five when I was around. There's there's never a time that you cannot make your lane. But now it's different because we're all here and it's saturated. Mm-hmm. And now I'm hearing more and more as I get older, as I've been in the buildings where everybody wants to be and run through and where hip hop lives and where R&B lives. Now I'm like, OK, I want to leave New York. Really? When can I leave? I've been saying that for five years now. I think because I'm so, okay, I made it to New York. I've been on air as Roxy. People have heard me on the weekends. Okay. I mean, if I do get the opportunity to stay here 5, 10, uh, 15 more years and stay in radio in New York City, great. New York City is the number one market. However, I have a family now and I'm growing. And I've expressed this to past PDs, my friends, people in radio. And they're on the same accord. They're like, yeah, we want to leave too. I think it's the type of attitude where you're here in New York and as a New Yorker, talking to a New Yorker from the borough I was born in, Brooklyn, it's always busy. Always. The hustle and bustle. So after tired. a while, you get tired. That's what it is. I'm not tired of New York. I'm just tired of moving so fast all the time. I could move from my teens to the end of my 20s, but now moving into early 30s, late 30s, 40s, 50s. You want to slow it down a bit. So that's where that is coming from. However, I will continue to be dedicated. And if opportunities come, of course, I will take it. But I will not fret on other opportunities that are maybe on the West Coast. Uh, I will not do that. Of course, I will. I mean, I just moved, so I I don't know if that would be. I don't know if that would be a great option at this very point. But if something does come up, I would work it out to where I can be bi-coastal. You definitely consider it. What? Yes. So having a child now. Yes, new mommy waits. for seventeen months now. Seventeen months already. Seventeen months already. I feel like, you know, I keep up, I keep up with, you know, the progress via social media. So, yes. you know, I feel like for, I'm... From what I do post, I try not post. to post him so much. too much. Yeah. But I'm, I imagine that that, you know, now that you are a mom, your perception, your perspective, like everything's changed. And so with radio being, you know, part of the whole entertainment world, like how do you navigate now? Like what is your, like... I guess, what's your perspective of everything now when it comes to being a radio personality, the job in itself? I mean, because you work a lot at night, right? And so, you know, I mean... It could be nights. Sometimes I do middays, weekends. Um, The the power and glory of it all is that it's so flexible. Mm -hmm. Radio is not a nine-to-five job. I'm not in front of a computer crunching numbers. I'm not an accountant. I'm not obligated to stay till 6 p.m. and have deadlines. It is a job where we come in and we educate, inform, and entertain. We give out tickets. We make people feel uh, like they have a friend over the radio and they feel happy and they are hearing their favorite songs. So I'm dressing up things. I'm their actress. I'm their nurse. I'm their therapist. I'm their mom. I'm their best friend. I'm their woman, whatever it is. And that's great to get that escape for five hours. So that's what I love and what I try to keep in perspective. And I take, I've taken uh, Braxton to work with me. And uh, 
sometimes challenging, other times. <laughs> you never know. Right. When, you know hey, mom, you let's, <laughs> what does this red button do? <laughs> no, boo. Let's sit down. <laughs> um, let's do mock interview when mommy's done. But um, <laughs> that has been the beauty of it. I've never gotten complaints when he comes in because everybody loves him. So I'm lucky in that respect. However, it is hard still juggling that because he does need to be fed. He does need to be changed. He does need to be talked to. He does need attention. He needs to be tickled. He needs, I don't know, laughter. He Attention. Yeah, he needs the He's attention. He's 17 months, not 17 years old. So I'm still trying to get it. Um, there's not so much that I had to really force and be like, how am I going to do this? Because I was like, oh, well, five hours is not that long for him to shut down and throw a tantrum and throw himself <laughs> on the floor. However, I do have to mentally prepare myself for that. So it's been very interesting to see not only the evolution of radio, what I can do, where I can go as a radio mom, because there are a lot of us out there. I do ask the questions to my fellow radio personality women who are mothers. How did they do it? So I try to have a circle of guidance. Um, on top of that, I do have a great support system family-wise um, in the Bronx, in Long Island, in Brooklyn, where I can lean on people mm -hmm. and um, they've got my back at all times. So again, I'm blessed with that because not everybody has that opportunity and that privilege all the time. So I I constantly thank him for that and thank um, my family for that because I don't know where I would be without them. And everybody knows, first and foremost, family is everything. Um, and I lean on my hubby a lot as well. And he um, blessed to have first come from the entertainment industry, now working in a different industry, understands my plight and everything I'm going through as a working mother in the entertainment industry. So I have to give it up to him too. Um, he's my whole 50% and he does 100% at being 50%. I think that's really important to be, you know, to have a partner who understands right. the struggle. I think a lot of relationships, why they tend to either fail, especially where one person's in the entertainment business, the other one has no idea, you know, right. what that world is about um so it's really i think it is truly a blessing right. to have somebody who and i always it. say that um i never wanted to be with somebody who was also in the entertainment industry but i'm blessed that he already was and then came out of it so he understands it there's no question there's no oh why did this person write this on your facebook mm -hmm. wall or your instagram he gets it whatever it goes right over his head and he knows and is secure to the point where he's like i know what that is okay and that's it moving right along next stop so um, we have to move in the same pace and space because if we don't, then that's when I've added yet another load to mm -hmm. everything I already have. So if that part is already easier, everything else will fall into place. And I called the year 2017 the falling into place year. So a lot has fallen into place. Thankfully, not everything, because not everything's perfect, but maybe that's what 2018 is for. So I'm Bing. just looking <laughs> forward to, to that. There's three more weeks. Yes. From my lips to God's ears, please, 2018 comes so this could leave because I'm ready. I'm ready to progress. So what what do you have in mind as next steps? Uh, well, my th my number one goal, I don't think anybody ever knows this because I don't talk about it outright. I don't talk about a lot of things outright. Um, not because I'm uh, not because I'm private, because, you know, <laughs> as well as I know, I'm not a private person. But some things uh, I talk into existence to myself. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've always wanted to be a radio station owner. That will take some time. That will also take some money. That yes. will also take some resources. But I've always wanted to own radio stations in Haiti and New York. And it will come because I always say that. Everything I've put out there has come. So I've already put it out there. So it will come. It'll just come at its own time. Because mm -hmm. at seven, I said I was going to be on BLS and boom. And that's, you know, it's, right. it's crazy because a lot of times, you know, because that's one of the things that I wanted to like find out from you in the beginning. Like, what was your station growing up? And then to find that you are on it now, like it has to be like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It was it. I will tell you the day that it happened when I cried. I always say the date and it freaks people out. It was July 10th, 2010. Right. Right. It was July 10th, 2010. If it wasn't 2010, it was 2011. Um, I kept asking my boss. I was like, I just want to be on air. He was like, fine. 6 a.m. Saturday morning to 10 a.m. 
that's you. And at the time, Wendy was still at um, mm. BLS. I had never, we always crossed paths, but it was never like a conversation. I sat down, talked to her. She was my homegirl because she ain't that type of woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. She's not. Um, but here I am. 6 a.m. getting ready for this Saturday show. The youngest, I think at that time I was... I'm 34 now. I was 27. <laughs> and um, I was like crying because um, 27, 20 years later, me having said, oh, I want to be on BLS. I want to be in front of Wendy's pink um, microphone <laughs> with her furry... And what was I doing at 27, sitting in front of her pink furry microphone in her pink chair with all the fur and leopard on it? And I just sat and I cried and I cried and I cried. I cried probably through the entire shift, even though you couldn't tell while I was talking Mm -hmm. on air. And I was just like, man, when they say talk things into the universe, that's real deal. Like, it's scary. But when it happens, it's because it was supposed to happen. Yeah. Um, and you just don't know it because I'm not a person who likes cliches. I hate them. I don't like when people say, oh, everything happens for, I was like, oh, whatever. Um, if it happens because I prepared for it, mm-hmm. I kind of, and I'm, I kind of am more practical than I am spiritual. Yeah. So, um, when it happened, then I was like, oh, I understand um, I should have understand because of my background and where I come. My mom's very spiritual. Yeah. She prays everything into existence. I should have understood that, but I was too young to, we all evolve. We all evolve mentally, physically, spiritually. So at that point in time, I did evolve within myself. And I said, I got to start believing more um, in other things other than material things and how I physically mm-hmm. do things. Um, because I believe in myself. I'm very confident. It's just everything else that i don't believe I need. It's a struggle. I do need, yeah. So putting everything together sometimes is a struggle. It's there. I just have to sweep it in and be like, okay, I have all these parts that work that I have to put together. I'm just too stubborn to put it together. So now that I've learned to do that, I'm like, okay, I'll let it happen. I'm not going to fight this anymore or say this is stupid mm-hmm. or you know dismiss things because you do that and then you block your blessings. So that's what I was doing that whole time. And I just let go now. And that's why you keep and getting all I, these blessings. Right. I just <laughs> let go. I'm like, I'm going to stop being that person that says, oh, it doesn't happen if you do that. Who does that? I listen to everything and I pay attention to all the signs and every um, opportunity that comes to me or doesn't come to me. It does happen for a reason. And Legit. I truly believe that. I truly mm-hmm. believe that, you know, even just with my, my story, it's like you, you, you do evolve, like yep. you do, you know, so, and sometimes you have to go through things in order to, for you to actually grasp that. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I didn't, you know, go through the journey, the way I went through it, mm-hmm. I would today, I wouldn't, you know, be somebody who, who actually has the same, you know, yep. who believes the same, like things will happen when they're supposed to happen. Things happen for a reason and that I right. too should not be so pessimistic. And right. so, you know, isn't, I don't even want to say negative, but just sometimes you're just like, you know, you're just distracted with what was going on. With work, with life, life happens. Yeah. And so you don't celebrate why. the little wins and you don't pay attention to the right. signs. And so it's, it's, I think a lot of women, mm-hmm. a lot of people in general kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. identify with that mm-hmm. syndrome. I, I think it's a syndrome of some sort it that is. we all, you know, experience. If it isn't big, you don't recognize it. If it's little, you're yeah. like, oh, whatever, okay. it's whatever. There. Yeah. So you do a lot of things aside from the radio, being a mom, I do. you know, mentoring all over New York City. Um, I kind of want to talk about the Delete Blood Cancer Organization. Like, how did you get involved with it? And what exactly is it? Funny, because uh, before when I came in here to meet you, one of the things when I sat down with you um, that I said was, I always deal with Johnny's. Mm-hmm. I do that for a specific reason. Our network is so big and so connected that I almost don't have to go outside of it to find something. So, again, a fabulous Johnny by the name of Jennifer Daniels. Yes, Jennifer. Works. (laughs) I love Jennifer. Works or may have worked with, I don't know her current work situation within the organization, but she worked with Delete Blood Cancer and said, Barbara, you'd be perfect. Come on in. Um, Come to one of our events. That's how I got involved. Because she's such a, she's when I dynamic. talk about a powerhouse of, um, sometimes I feel bad 
cussing around her because I'm like, this is Jen Daniels. <laughs> um, but um, she is so positive that everything that she's put my way, I'm like, I have to deal with it because she's so Yeah, she's woke. always been great. She's, yeah. And um, she's involved with so many great things. And she's like, you're great. So you should be aligned with this great. Mm -hmm. And that's how I've been involved with them for probably three, four four years now, yeah. maybe a little bit more. I've been on host committees, done their blood balls, given money for this, um, um, heard their stories. Um, yeah, it's a it's a great organization to be exposed to because there's so much that we don't know about these blood cancers. Mm -hmm. And the African-American community are, is definitely, if they're not paying attention to any organization, they should be paying attention to this. The blood cancers like lupus that affects us, the blood cancer sickle cell that affects us. Um, there's heart disease, there's this. So we need to be paying attention to that. So if at least there's me that's involved with this, posting up posters and walks and blood balls and and you know people are thinking oh she's giving this money and that money away and throwing it away it's what we just talked about two seconds ago you can't dismiss certain things you one when it happens to you and you don't have any resources to go about but then you think back oh didn't roxy just post this up about this i am now your resource mm -hmm. you were shoo-shooing it away and you didn't know and come to think, hey, I, I'm affected by this. I have a family member who has diabetes. I have a family member who has lupus. How can I get more resources and get them to get more healthy or to get them in a hospital where they're treated correctly? I'm that resource. I may not be a doctor per se, a formally working on these diseases and, and looking for cures, but I'm connected to the right people that can help you with that. You're like a, like a brand ambassador for right. them. So it's kind of like... Um, I look at it like that, like doing something for my community that really does make a difference because I cannot tell you um, when it hit me the most that it was so important to be involved with them was when I lost my close friend, Natasha, who's also a Johnny um, pharmacist. She, uh, Dr. Natasha Phillips, she passed away June of 2016, slightly after Braxton was born. And my whole world crumbled mm -hmm. because um, she was the kind of friend that we talked every month just by phone call. And I would say to myself at that time I was living um, in Brooklyn and I was like, let me come and visit you. She was mm -hmm. up at Montefiore and she's like, no, I don't want you to see me like this. She had sickle cell. Oh. And she always said, no, I don't want you to see me like this. But yet she would come to all my Radio 1039 events and whether she was sick or not. And that's why I'm in these things. And it's good you talked about it. Because like I said, I've been seeing it. Like whenever I read your bios and I'm like, what is this delete blood cancer, you know, organization? And like, you know. It brings awareness I to all of the blood cancers, to how they treat patients, to where patients can go for help, for better treatment, for better options, um, uh, for, for health care, doctors. It's a endless resource um, throughout New York. They have other um, divisions of where you can go to talk about, even if it's a rare blood cancer, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't have to be the lupus, the sickle cell. Um, if you need that help and you don't know where to turn, deletebloodcancer.org is always there. And they're extremely friendly. There, There's always somebody there to pick up the phone, to answer your Instagram inbox, Facebook inbox. They're just a call away right in downtown New York City. So I'm very glad and I will always be grateful to have been a part of their um, events in New York City, to have been a part of their brunches and their dinners. And thankful to Jen da um, Jennifer Daniels for exposing me to that. I mean, I definitely want to learn more about it only because, mm -hmm. um, you know, I have several friends actually who have sickle cell wow. and I have uh, several friends as well who have lupus. They're all yeah. African-American women. Yeah, I have um, several family members with sickle cell. And, and so it's well. one of these things that like, you know, whenever you're looking for organizations, people always talk about the American Cancer yep. Society, the Breast There's Cancer more than Society, um, you know, like the, the, you know, the AIDS Society, whatever, whatever the main generic ones are. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, 
it's funny. I was on a call the other day with an, um, with you know several organizations. We're putting on an event sometime in December, and we were looking for causes. And I think somebody mentioned maybe like the Prostate Cancer Association or the you know something again that's kind of just like nobody really knows the inner workings of yeah. these organizations. We never really know what happens to the money. Yeah. We can't see the direct results, but we keep giving anyways because we're like, oh, okay, well, because that's what you know, yeah. But it's good to know, like, because we're always searching for these organizations that actually, you know, that especially help the black community. Um, And so knowing about this organization and especially having friends who have these, you know, diseases that they actually um, address, I think it's, I think, and especially people like you who are bringing awareness to it, because Mm -hmm. I would have never known about it if I didn't see it. Like, I'm like, what is Barbara apart? Like, what is Mm -hmm. this delete? Like, I keep seeing it around. And I know you don't support things that you're not into that you don't believe in so i don't promote a lot but when i promote it's serious like um they have been serious and consistent for the past years that i've been involved Mm -hmm. with them um this year not as much i haven't been involved because of you know i just moved yeah the baby the the radio schedules all over the place um but they are still always in my heart and if anybody ever needs information everybody knows you could just hit me up and i will give you a whole bio a whole kit um a whole epk on them because they are an incredible organization and again if it wasn't for jen daniels a fellow johnny it's always a johnny putting me on to things mm-hmm. that um i never knew about or things that would benefit me so i didn't never think that not that i didn't think that this would benefit me i never was the type to say oh what do i have to do with mm-hmm. delete blood cancer but um i'm the type of person that says you never know and maybe this is placed into my life and jen is telling me this for a reason and it has evolved my knowledge of blood cancers and getting to know it on top of me losing a very close friend who now I pay more attention to sickle cell and um, I'm planning on having a different direction in life because of delete blood cancer because of Dr. Natasha Phillips because of Jen Daniels. And it's just, it's, it's interesting how like, you know, the people, you know, you go to school with, you never think that they're actually going to have long lasting impacts exactly. on your life. Because people always say, yeah, you know, college friends, yep. you know, we don't come in and out. They come, come in and, and out, out. That's it. Yeah. But, you know, because I, I mean, I met Jen um, in, you know, Voices of Victory Gospel Choir. That's how we met. Mm-hmm. And she always left, you know, a great impression on me. And the, although we haven't really communicated much over the right. years, but thanks to social media, I've been able to see all the great things that she's mm-hmm. done. I don't know if I had seen much about the delete uh, blood cancer, but I do know about the prom dress drive. Yeah. She, that does she does a lot as well. So it's yeah. kind of hard to, to like, pinpoint. Peek in. Really, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like me. I'm just, I love to float throughout things that I just gravitate towards. Like I like youth mentoring, youth education advocacy, and I like public health. Mm -hmm. So I I always say to myself, I'm doing all this radio stuff, but I also like a lot of education, Mm -hmm. youth. So it kind of comes back to the teaching part of what I didn't Mm -hmm. do. So I always say like I I have a lot of paths and I work in all of them. Because, you know, I didn't do the teaching how or the Spanish. However, I've done radio in a Spanish-speaking country. Mm-hmm. Or I do work with a lot of Latin um, influences. And in health, I did at one point want to be a psychiatrist. And, and I do work amongst health or getting to know more about the leap blood cancer and these diseases and working with centers and, and hosting stuff for these huge organizations. So um, radio has afforded me to be exposed to everything that I love. And that's the amazing part about it, because I think a lot of times people see radio or they see just certain areas within yeah. the entertainment industry. And they just, just think one. Yeah. One track mind. Everybody thinks I just walk in, sit in front of a mic and rap or I walk <laughs> in and um, talk about shit. Tweets. Right. Or talk about, you know, Ratchet Mondays, which I do a lot of. That's just a part of me. Like I have a lot of uh, compartments. Yeah. To, to Roxy. So on Mondays, I like to sit back and watch train wrecks on TV that I, <laughs> you know, you make fun of it. It's like, oh, that's not my life, but that's their life. Oh, woe is me. And then the rest of the days, I'm doing the mother thing, the radio thing, the um, how can I get involved thing, the community service thing. So I'm just living my best life. Everybody's doing that. And what people don't like about what I do, that's their business. Mm-hmm. I do what I do because that's what I like. If I want to switch up next year, I can. 
next year I could like biking and spikes and rock music and, you know, but I'm that type of person that'll jump in head, feet, legs, toes, everything first and be like, at least let me try it. And that's the At beauty least. of being an individual right. and, and not being afraid to try right. new things. You know, I, and I think that that personality works well for radio because radio, it's not something that's just, it's not stagnant. Yeah, it's not it's monotone. always changing. People want to know everything that you're doing, everything that you're a part of. If, um, you know, I can't tell you how many times people are like, oh, you're involved in that. But you, some people are like, what do you do? I don't know what you do. I know you're on this radio station, but you do so many other things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but that's just it. I'm in radio and I didn't limit myself to just doing radio. Like that is my bread and butter, my number one thing, but that doesn't mean I have to stop liking other things. Yeah. So that's why you may be confused, but I'm in <laughs> it for the long run. I'm I'm here to connect. I'm a connector. Yes. Every time somebody says, what do you do? I was like, I'm a connector. I do a little bit of everything so that just in case somebody needs something, I'm here to give it to you. So that's how I look at it. I, that's also what a mother is. So yeah, I might as well just tell people I'm a professional mother a professional on the radio. Mother, that's it, right, right. <laughs> a mother gives you everything that she's got. Well, Roxy, beautiful story. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna keep saying all your names, mm-hmm. regardless. I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> Trust me, I hear. I answer to all of them. My my head swivels left and right. Like, I'm like what? a little bobblehead. Which one you want to talk to today? <laughs> But this was definitely good. I definitely learned a lot more about you. Like mm-hmm. I, said, I, I really, you know, when we when we were in St. John's, like I always valued you as a person. I was mm-hmm. like, you were a great person. But then, you know, as time goes on, you lose contact. Even though you you, you have the connection, but you right. you know, you're not really in the person's right. life because people don't have time to really let everyone in right. anymore. College was, you know, a different time. But I definitely like love. I, I definitely follow you know everything you do on on on, on Facebook. So I do you know Aww. Mondays. I'm all mm-hmm. in there because I don't get a chance to really watch all these shows. Nobody does. So I'm getting all the scoop. So I'm the sum up. <laughs> yes, you you sum it up for me. I'm like okay, <sighs> I see what's happening with Jocelyn this week or whatever. Right, 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 right. But I definitely really, I definitely, you know, enjoyed today because I feel like I got a, a, a deeper understanding as to like how you became who you became. Like mm-hmm. I, I met you in college, but it's like, how did you become right. Roxy? You know, right. how did you become what you are now? Right. So being able to like see the development and seeing that the story, it's, you know, it's it's a story, you know, with so many different lessons. Like, I feel like you're probably one of the best mentors a young woman wanting to get into the media, or you know, can have. Because... They need to see that yeah, work. You exactly. And I think a lot of times when people are sharing their story and talking about how they got to where they got, they leave out the bulk of, right. the, of how they really did it. So people, you know, young girls who are coming up are thinking that, you know, or making all these mistakes thinking that, oh, it's easy. You know, I just got to like sleep with the right person or, you know, all, you know, things like that, unfortunately, mm-hmm. because they, they don't, nobody's really sharing their mm-hmm. true story about knocking on every door, set, you know, being creative and figuring out a guy's email. Cause you know? it's a process. And the thing that I notice about this generation is that they don't do process no. like process they check out as soon as they hear the word mm-hmm. process because process means work. And they don't so if work. you got to put in work and go through A through Z, why can't I skip B through X and go literally from A to Z? And it doesn't work like that. Not for everybody because not everybody's life is set up like that. Because mm-hmm. as soon as you think the A to C thing, you disappoint yourself because if you don't get to that Z... Then you're you're you give up or you do something that you'll regret to get there. So you gotta have a process or at least have a plan in mm-hmm. mind. I had a plan, but you know, in the middle of it, the plan changed and I just freaked it and made it my own. Like my plan was to work until I made a great demo and sent it to BLS so that the new PD heard me. Instead, I scratched that, found out what his email was in my head, and he <laughs> 
you know, <laughs> he answered back uh, with a little bit of luck. And I got in the building and uh, once again, introduced myself to everybody, let everybody see what I was doing. I was getting awards and all these, all my coworkers at BLS was like, what's this girl do? She's getting an award. She? She's doing this. She's doing <laughs> that. Right She's going to grad school. She went to grad school twice. They're like, what? They're like, yo, you're a superpower woman's powerhouse. And um, this station is lucky to have you and whoever, whatever station is lucky to have you. And I'm glad that. Um, and this is an important thing. If I have said nothing in this entire podcast interview, I must say this. Make sure not to burn your bridges. Because as many radio stations as I have floated through in New York City, I have made sure to keep my reputation about me and mm -hmm. know that um, people are going to watch your movements and what you're doing and who you know and how well you know them and how well people receive you. And people are like, oh, that's Roxy. She's cool. Mm -hmm. And she does this and she does that. And um, I don't. It's crazy. I know a lot of people, but the, I don't know a lot of people, if that makes sense. No, it makes less um, sense. Meaning, of course, I know a lot of people in radio because we're all exposed to each other. We see each other coming in and out. But I don't personally know yeah. DJ Camillo. I don't personally know Funk Flex. But we know of each other because... The we circles, move yeah. in the same circle. So even if there is no conversation, guess what? We're all watching each other. Yeah. We all have Instagram and Facebook. And I know who watches me. You know, when you have like the ghost followers mm -hmm, and, and the, the whatever. <laughs> right. And th those are a blessing and a curse yeah. because my blessing is um, whenever something does happen to me that's big, like when I had the baby, when we got the house, when we did all those people I never got likes from. Yep. I was like, oh, but I didn't think that you were. Or when I hosted the other day for Senator Kevin Parker, his 15th annual mm -hmm. dinner dance gala, um, which I'm blessed to have that relationship with him and, and host that often. Assemblywoman Diana Richardson was like, I love following you. Who in God's green earth would know that Assemblywoman Diana Richardson would follow yeah. my ratchet ass? I was so shocked. I like almost cried and had to go and hug her. She was like, oh, no, I love you. On Mondays, you'll be having me cracking up. And I'm like, and you don't even know what? it. What? Right. No, literally, because she's literally the last person I would think. I was like, you're busy, lady. Like, you're an assemblywoman. Mm -hmm. You go to Albany. You do this. <laughs> you know, there's important people in your life. Exactly. And she's like, I don't care. You're my sister. Aww. Like they, that may have changed my 2017 alone with other people that tell me mm -hmm. that. So you never know who's watching. You always watch what you're saying, although you want to keep yourself authentic because I try to be as authentic as possible. I'm a very opinionated person. <laughs> so I understand already that people are not going to like what I'm going to say, but I always end it with, hey, I'm going to respect your opinion, respect mine. If you don't agree, I'm still going to be like, thank you for sharing yeah. it. Have a good day. I'm not in the back and forth fights on social media. That's the fact I block you and I've blocked a lot of people so um I just want to exchange network and have good positive vibes move back and forth to me which I've been blessed to have so I'm glad for the people that follow me that may not tell me every day um what it is but when something happens or if something bad happens to me or good they let me know I'm here I've I'm always here I'm secretly your fan and that's so, and that, I mean I feel like that's comforting important. as yeah. well. That's comforting as well. You don't have to publicly tell people oh, I love which, but to have um, powerhouses watch me and tell me stuff like that reassures that I'm still on the right path. Yeah, that you're, do, you're doing, doing something right. Yeah, because I I really have been lucky to have a lot of eyes on me um, that are paying attention. That I, the eyes that I need, the eyes that I definitely need. So. I have no regrets if I had to do it all over again. I would maybe do some things differently. But again, the cliche thing, everything happens for a reason. I could have switched schools, switched majors, yep. stayed a Spanish major. If this was supposed to happen to me, it, it was supposed to regardless. happen. Right, right. So I thank him. I thank God for everything. For everything. Because everything has been challenging but that challenge is good because we all need change and if you're not challenged then yeah then what's the point really yeah then it's too easy it's too i mean you're not really doing anything yeah. you if know things are too easy right you know it's one of those things like for me like i always like to stay busy i'm always doing something and after right. a while it's kind of like rita when are you gonna like i'm like i just right. can't 
you know, I can't just be regular, I guess is really the word. Like I always have to be doing something because I think that also validates like my purpose in a sense. Thank you. So I'm trying to circle around what I was trying to say. The breaking point is the best point in anybody's life. Once you get to that point when I was telling you I almost left New York to go to California to do radio and then come back, that was my breaking point. And then Radio 1039 came, a brand new station at the time in 2014. And somebody had told me, don't go anywhere yet. Don't move yet. There's going to be a new radio station in New York. And I was like, really? And I blinked and here it was. And again, it was like a deja vu of WBLS. I reached out to the program director and I was like, hey, who do I send my stuff to? And uh, funny enough, the program director, I already knew for mm-hmm. six or seven years. He was like, "I, you, you send it to me, Barb, send it to me. <laughs> Uh, And what happened again, and I feel like I'm always going to be telling this story. I'm going to be 50 telling this story, but he hired me two weeks later. So the two weeks later thing is kind of like my thing. That's That's my thing. thing. Two weeks later. (laughs) Every time I hear two weeks later, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm hired. I already got it. (laughs) Thanks. I just needed to send you an email. Thanks. So, uh, yeah, I was at that breaking point of I'm not going to make it in New York. And um, you say those things, you you affirm those things, like I'm not, put a knot in it and it'll change yeah. your world because that that is God saying, like pushing you and pushing you and, and you're sitting there like, I can't, it's over, I can't do this, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And then he changes it for you in a snap. It's either going to change for the a worse or change for the better. And it's always in, been in my favor for the better. So that's why I'm looking forward to 2018 because I've had some points this year where I'm like, what am I doing? Because mm-hmm. we all get there. We all, As yeah. we get older, you want your life to change in a mature way where you're like, okay, when you get older, you know, I'm not Benjamin Button here. I'm not going to clubs <laughs> like I used to. <laughs> right, right. So what is next on a grown level? Yeah. Um, That is if you're in that mindset. Some people aren't in the mindset to think about grown things like mortgages, like family homes, Mm -hmm. two-car garages. People don't think like that, but I do. So I am excited to see what's next. Well, I'm excited too, Barbara. I feel like you've done so much and I feel like you're going to continue to do so much. And I I truly believe that these radio stations are going to happen probably sooner than you think, to be very honest. That's a Um, big feat, and I really shouldn't um, doubt it because here's me doing that doubt talk mm -hmm. again. But it'll happen. I just have to find a smart way of making it happen and connect the dots correctly and be connected to the right people and resources because that's what's really important. I can't just talk nilly-willy to Mm -hmm. everybody and you can't tell everybody your blessings too. No, because somebody will try and sabotage it. <laughs> I, I just at first I thought that was a Haitian thing. I was like, no, is that my mom me you, in me telling media, me? Social media has has reinforced. You're right. You're right. Which is why I don't talk out a lot about uh, this. This is probably the most I've ever talked about ownership. The last time I talked about this was when I was at BLS back in 2009, and my boss was like, "Really? I've never heard a young woman mm-hmm. say that." You know, the last woman to say that was Kathy Hughes, and she owns Radio One. So I was like, well, I'm going to be the next Kathy Hughes. And um, my whole thesis was based around her and ownership. And I did like a hundred page paper on ownership. So this is going to happen. Because if I can sit and write a hundred pages with art, with charts and graphs and this and that and focus groups and studies and, and case studies then I got to do this. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, there's a lot of things to visit, revisit. There's a lot of things I'm bringing um, to the table in 2018 that I can't wait. That is not traditional Barbara Roxy, mm-hmm. but it's things that, like you said, you know, um, I like being an individual and jumping into things for the first time. So I'm going to try things that nobody thinks I would try. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to see how that works for me. I'm I'm calling this year was falling into place. Next year is just do it. Yes. I'm just going to do like it. That. I like I'm that. I'm just going to go. I'm going to do it. I'm going to throw it out. And if there's no response, I'll keep throwing it out. Keep throwing it out until I get something. And then it'll peak. This is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel so. like 2018 is going to be a good year for, I would like to say for everybody. I mean, I feel right. like, you know, and if and if for whatever reason it doesn't turn out the way you want it, at least going into 2018 with a positive spirit, right. positive mindset, I feel like you're going to do more, more good than harm, you know? 
No, you're right. Yeah. So that's what I, I mean. That's my thing. At least I'm hoping that 2018, I'm not going to say I hope 2018 will be a good year, mm -hmm. but I will also be flexible with whatever, you know, shoves, pushes, jabs may come my way. Right. You know, I think being flexible is something a lot of people struggle with. People, a lot of people are very rigid and they don't know how to like, you know, move with. Don't change of life. my routine. Yeah. So, you know, you got to be a little flexible, people. You know, life is definitely right. <laughs> hard. You get a lot of lemons. You got to learn how to make lemonade out of it. You know, a little citronade, a little, you know, yes. a little spiked drink, a little, a little something, piglis. you know, something. Throw it in there. <laughs> uh, girl, man, you're making me hungry. Week, girl, yeah, girl, I mean, I'm, I'm not on the Beyonce diet this week. But... <laughs> I know, I swore that. I was like, <laughs> I just lost nine drink. pounds and I'd like to thank my trainer, Stress and Braxton. Yeah, so thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Stress and Braxton, for the nine pound loss because people are thinking I'm sitting there working out and I was like, or drinking Beyonce. No, drink. <laughs> it's literally me running after this boy. Um, but but no, yeah, this was no, this was really great. We definitely have to do it again. Definitely, I want to definitely follow up on um, you know some of these these 2018 ventures that I know oh, are man. brewing. But this was definitely great. Thank you so much for taking the time. I mean, it's late at night. People don't know what time it's going to be when they listen to this. But it's, you know, like it's right. late at night in Harlem. <laughs> right. It's, you know, everybody's got to get home. And, you know, you made the time, you, you know, away from the baby. Um, just Girl, be, you made me rush out. I was girl, like, oh, you could keep them. <laughs> Have fun. Change his diaper. <laughs> don't forget to feed him. Bye. <laughs> But it was great just spending time and being able to just learn a little more about each other mm. on like, you know, a more intimate no, level. No, yeah, that's true. Because school was just school. It was school four was years school. and it came and it went. And you don't learn anything about anyone in school besides their interests because exactly. you're you're coming into one organization, not the other. You're yeah. on the e-board for this one. You're you're eating in Marillac. You're going to class. <laughs> you're running to Bent Hall. So, you know, yeah, this the, was... Yeah, this was good. We were definitely... A great powwow. But now I feel like now we got to actually do this over brunch. Oh, I love <laughs> Get food. Some food. Oh, I love me some food. Lakai. Yes, something. On Lafayette. <laughs> right Let's there. do it. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to Bam. What's going on? You should give us free food off of this sponsorship. <laughs> you know what give I'm saying? Give us that money. <laughs> I'm like, no, bitch. But you are all, <laughs> always welcome. I know. They're going to be like, what's going on? What? Sponsorship? <laughs> too much. Too much. All right. We'll turn it down a little bit. Next time, though. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, everyone, thank you for tuning in to Frida's World Podcast. Uh, we are available on Apple Podcast, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud. And if there's another platform where you feel like we should be on, let us know. I don't know all the platforms, but let right, us know. Right, there's so much. There's so many of them and you really just, you know, you don't want to get on all of them and then mm -hmm. like nobody's listening. But if there is a platform, like, I don't know, I heard somebody say Google Play the other yep. day. So let us know and That's we'll definitely important. get ourselves on there. Um, again, mosey on over to our website, <laughs> www.fridawomennyc, where you can check out the latest accessories that will help you spruce up your work outfit and give you that edge and distinction you're always looking for. You can also find us on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter at FridaWomenNYC. Like, subscribe, comment, and see you next week. Bye. <laughs>